the scripture this morning is Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you will know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cock crow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. These are our sacred stories. I have a point I desperately want to make, but I feel like there are words, paragraphs even, that help me make my point. It could be that there are too many words before I get there. So this Sunday, I want to try something new. I want to tell you the point right now. And then I'll explain how I get there. So if you listen to nothing else, here's the heart of this morning's proclamation. If we're waiting for a reign of peace, let's create it. If a storm is coming, let's build an ark. If a thief is coming, we cannot sleep on our watch. If guests are coming, let's trim the candles. If we're looking toward an unrealized horizon for the realm of justice, the horizon is here. Justice is ours to make. If we're begging, come Lord Jesus, then perhaps it's time to hear, I am with you always. Now here's how I get there. The Revised Common Lectionary, which we use most Sundays, is on a three-year rotation. Each year, the first Sunday of Advent is an apocalyptic gospel reading. This is why we don't follow the lectionary in Advent very often. But we are this year, and so. Year A is Matthew 24, verses 36 through 44, which begins, But about the day or the hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only God. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Year B, which is this year, Mark 13, verses 24 through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the sun, but only God. Be aware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. And then there's your C, which is from Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 through 36. 
it begins. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among the nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. So instead of angel choirs and baby coos, the first Sunday of Advent confronts us with the uncertainty and violence of human history. Signs of dread, floods, earthquakes, distress among the nations. So much distress that people faint with fear. This is much more apocalypse now than the best Christmas pageant ever. The 20th century Christian leaders who helped to create the lectionary we're drawing comparisons between the inbreaking of God through the birth of Jesus, God with us, and other inbreakings of God that the future might hold. For many Christians, texts like these have led to an obsession with books like the late great planet Earth or the Left Behind series, where images of the world's end are as terrifying as the behavior these images inspire in the here and now, behavior that fluctuates between doing nothing about catastrophic climate change and working hard to convert your friends and neighbors before it's too late and the rapture comes. How we understand these words from our sacred stories determines if we see our faith as seeking to transform the here and now world or to escape from it. Beliefs about the end times often generate fear, which provides fertile soil for manipulation. This manipulation has been co-opted into a powerful political movement in the Christian right over the last 30, 40 years. Diana Butler Bath in her article, Progressives, Advent, and the End of the World, notes that the Christian right's use of end time beliefs has resulted in a careless disregard for the planet, the poor, and peace. This escape theme has taken hold of many. The idea that the world is coming to an end, but that the right Christians will escape the coming calamity. But is escape really what's going on in these Advent apocalyptic passages? Consider that reading from Matthew. As I said, it begins, but about the day or the hour, no one knows, neither the angels nor the sun, but only God. For as in the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days, before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken away and one will left, be left. Two women will be grinding meal together and one will be taken away and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. He would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an unexpected hour. 
Are the ones who are taken away the ones who are saved? That's what's been assumed, especially lately, but that's not what the text says. In reference to Noah and the flood, it's the people who are swept away and taken who are the ones who perish, the ones swept away in the flood. The ones who stay on the boat are the ones who are saved. Listen again. They knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. We don't want to be swept away in the flood. Right? You remember. We want to be left behind. The owner of the house wants to be awake and present when the thief comes. Wants to be ready, not off somewhere else, spirited away. Okay, how about Mark? You don't believe me. It's fine. Keep listening. And Mark, beware. Keep alert, for you do not know the time that this will come. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or the cockcrow, or at dawn. Or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly, so what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The servant is the one left behind with the work to do, each with their own work. The doorkeeper must keep watch. It's not about escape. The ones who are left have to do the work, the work of salvation and liberation. I can see some of you still don't believe me. We're going to have to get into Greek. All right, here we go. The word apocalypse is a Greek word. It translates literally as an uncovering. So in the context of religious texts like the Bible, the word is almost always used to mean a re revelation, a disclosure, a holy disclosure of some information or knowledge, usually through some prophetic dream or vision. An apocalypse provides insight. It uncovers divine truth. In 2016, American author and social activist Adrienne Marie Brown wrote the following in reference to racial injustice and the Black Lives, Matters move, Black Lives Matter movement. She wrote, things are not getting worse. They're getting uncovered. We must hold each other tight and continue to pull back the veil. It's not about escape. It's about uncovering. It's about being left behind to do the work that is revealed to us. It's about being the ones who have active hope to change things, to end harm and injustice and abuse. James Baldwin said it this way, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. And so maybe we need an apocalyptic advent, not the kind we think of in modern culture, but a biblical uncovering, a revelation, 
friends, there are so many reasons to despair. We could let exhaustion keep us from even making an effort. But Jesus begs us to notice that there is work to be done and to join in the work. It's not about escape. It's now that we are needed. It is here that requires our efforts. And so if we're waiting for a reign of peace, let's create it. If a storm is coming, let's build an ark. If a thief is coming, we cannot sleep on our watch. If guests are coming, let's trim the candles. If we're looking toward an unrealized horizon for the realm of justice, the horizon is here and now. Justice is ours to make. If we're begging this Advent, come, Lord Jesus, then let's hear again the promise, I am with you always. It's not about escape. Advent begs our active, passionate, sewer rat hope. It demands that we refuse to give up, that we not abandon the post, The work is ours to do. And Advent speaks these words to us just as it spoke them to those so long ago, those who grew weary, who longed for escape. It speaks these words. Watch. Keep awake. Hope. Hope. Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen.